Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. Hear that groovy guitar in the background there? That's my guest, Joe Demko, one of my favorite guitar players in town since we were little baby boys 40 years ago. Joe's got a new record out called Walking on a Wire with Radio Joe and the Jazz Bows. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it. That's uh, his fourth of four solo records. Joe Demko, thanks for being on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Paul Metza. Just like the old days, man. Kind of. Kind of. So good to see you. You know, in the old days, Joe, you were a slim and trim cat with a uh, ponytail down to your belt. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I had the long hair. I had a Fu Manchu mustache. And Tim Sparks and I sometimes were mistaken for one another. Well, another one of the other great guitar players oh, in Minneapolis. I studied with him when I first moved to town. Oh, Tim's the amazing. Man. I think he's amazing. the greatest a steel string acoustic fingerstyle player in the world. Period. Oh, yeah. I would think so. Too. Yeah. Every Christmas I listen to his Nutcracker Suite. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And for other guitar players, it is a bit of a nutcracker. Oh, yeah. How did he do that? It makes me wonder to this day. Joe is going to be doing something fun. He's going to be playing uh, guitar. He's got a Pat Metheny-style Ibanez. And uh, he's got a, a CD uh, release show coming up. When is that again for your new record, Walking this on the Wire? This is November 18th okay. at Mancini's really? in St. Paul, 531 West 7th. And that's from 7 to 10. Admission is free. I'm throwing a party for my band, Radio Joe and the Jazz Bowls, which I've had together since uh, 2012. Wow. So this, the, the idea around this band originally came from when I was in the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Tell, it, tell, tell the people about the Wolverines because okay, it's been a while. Here's the backstory. So when I was in high school, I met this guy named Ted Unseth in a thing called the Urban Arts Program, which was a program for youth um that wanted to get into the arts and i was already in a band and i was learning how to write songs and so i went to school did the urban arts thing and after i got out of that after i graduated high school ted says well i'm putting together this band and we're calling it the wolverine's classic jazz orchestra and we're gonna we're gonna do 20s and 30s music and i thought perfect yeah right i'm learning country you know blues and stuff on my guitar so this will be another entree into that world right and so I joined the band when I was 19, and it started out, we were just a Django band. We, mm-hmm. you know, we played... Nice. That kind of stuff, with yeah. two fiddles and three rhythm guitar players, Ed Beatty, um, Ted playing a guitar, myself playing guitar, Johnny Olson playing fiddle, and Pat Frederick playing fiddle. Wow, and, and uh, Johnny Olson, great... The hippie that made a million dollars with the Olsen Agency. I know. And, was, and now is not with us anymore. A, very, a, very, a very funny guy. Oh. And then uh, they decided, well, the Django thing was a little thin, so they thought, you know, let's put together a horn thing. I was like, well, I'm, I'm out. Right. But they said, well, you can play banjo. And I was like, banjo? <laughs> what kind of banjo? And they said, well, there's two kinds. In the old days, there was plectrum banjo, right. and then there was the tenor banjo. Right. So I picked up the plectrum and learned to play that long necker style mm-hmm. style banjo. So it was right, right. That kind of style. And so we learned Paul Whiteman tunes. Mm-hmm. I brought in a record from uh, my my first band leader Billy Melton that had uh, Cab Calloway songs right. on it. So I learned all the Cab stuff, and we did uh, Coon Saunders' Nighthawks. Uh, we did, um, there were so many, so many bands, um, but basically put together a 20s and 30s thing, and then we played the, uh, the fifth uh, anniversary for the Electric Fetus. Wow. And that was sort of the start of Which the Which was 45 years ago or exactly. so, because yeah. I... I uh, I did a live show on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We went right down to the Electric Fetus celebrating right, to the right. day. It was June something or other uh, last summer. Yeah. So the I 50th. was I was in the Wolverines from. How old was Ted Unseth then? Oh, I have no idea. I know he's older than me by about ten years. Yeah. So still young though at that. 
point. Oh yeah, no, he to was, be getting into that kind of music. A, he was a kind of a folky guitar player guy, and he had a little trio called Ted and Ed, and then Becky uh, Reamer Thompson would would be a third, and I would play guitar with them sometimes at the New Riverside Cafe. Sure. Now, just to take you back into those times, that's when you could walk into the Cafe Stamp for a buck and go upstairs, and here's Nancy Griffith. Right. Right. And you'd see somebody like that, and you'd go, "She? How could she be anything else? She's an incredible singer, performer, and she's doing it all by herself." Right. Or you'd see Dave Ray. Right. Or you'd see Peter Strushko or Dakota Dave Hall. All these people. Sean Blackburn. Incredible yeah. musicians, and all mining styles that weren't on popular radio. Right. Right. So this this was a thing with the Wolverines. We were trying to do something that wasn't wasn't really a popular thing but as as it came around in the 70s suddenly the 20s and 30s something 50 years old got more interesting right and then you know right along the same lines you had rio nito oh amazing yeah yeah with bruce johnson tom lieber and tim sparks doing that uh, doing that same 20s 30s and 40s stuff yeah and them being more along the lines of the Boswell sisters right. doing triple part harmonies. Uh, we, Lambix, uh, Lambert, Hendrix, and Ross. That, yeah, so they were mining that whole thing. Uh, we stuck to, the early Wolverines stuck to the 20s and 30s. So we were playing a, a venue in downtown Minneapolis called Scotty's on 7. Sure, the and, Art Deco place. Right, and we're, we're in there doing, we, we would play sets in between the disco set. So we'd play a disco set, and then our band would play. It was such an odd combination. But cool. Well, it was great. I had a gig downtown. I could take the bus, bring my banjo. Yeah. You know, it was, it was very fun. Did and you get a lot of girls with that banjo? I, no. No. <laughs> I don't think no. anybody ever did. No, but. that, but uh, I know some actual real banjo players that did, but I was not <laughs> one of them. No, um, a one night. Benny Goodman came in the door. Wow. And I looked. I looked, and, and I, I, I elbowed the trombone player next to me, Steve Sandberg. And I said, Steve, that looks like Benny Goodman to me. He said, yeah, I think it is. Wow. And uh, at, the, at the moment that Benny was staring at us, we were playing a tune called Hot Mustard, which was a Fletcher Henderson arrangement. Right. Now, if you know anything about Benny Goodman's history... He bought Fletcher Henderson's book. Wow. And he hired Fletcher to be his arranger for the King of Swing band. And, would you, and for those out there that, that might not realize, the book is his book of arrangements. Right, all his songs. Right. So he bought Fletcher's book, and we were playing a tune from Fletcher's book. Wow. And he walked up to me after we finished the song, and he said, Hey, kid, where'd you get the chart? <laughs> and I said, Benny... I know what you're thinking. Because he had his tunes in a vault right. at his home. I said, no, Benny, we took, the, we took the 78s, we slowed them down to half speed on reel-to-reel tape, and we transcribed them. He said, oh, you kids, I'll be back tomorrow. He splits. Right. He comes back the next night, searchlights out front with a limo blonde on each arm. Right. And he says, hey, kids, you want to play the inaugural ball for Carter Mondale? And we said, sure, Benny. Wow. So he got us, he was on the inaugural ball committee for Carter Mondale, and he got us the gig. So we played the inaugural ball. We played uh, the Empire State Building on the first floor. I think Incredible. it was the Gaslight or something. And then we played Mickey Rooney's Catskills Resort, <laughs> which was a real trip because they had a comic in the other room. And then we're, for the dining set, we're like the, the dinner music. Brilliant. And it was it was crazy. So the band kind of started to get a little traction and um i learned a ton of stuff i learned how to write i learned how to write score learned how to right. you know, put notes on on paper i never knew where middle c was before right. that and um i learned a lot about those styles those early those early jazz styles that were just becoming swing. Mm. They weren't yet quite swing. They were still sort of foxtrot. But once you hit 1931, 1932, then things started to swing. And so it was a different feel. Before that, everything was... That was that kind of feel. We've got Joe Demko on the Wall of Power Radio Hour for the whole show tonight. His uh, uh, CD release party for his great new record, Walking on a Wire, November 18th at uh, Mancini's in St. Paul. We're going to listen to the title track 
off his record, Walking on a Wire by Radio Joe and the Jazz Boys. of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com Hello humans, this is me, Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. This week's featured idealist is Bayard Rustin, a lifelong idealist who was central to America's civil rights movement for five decades. The big interview is with me, Brett Johnson. My producer will ask great questions about my work and philosophy. In my C-Block, I talk about getting rocket fuel. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging and real on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we never add fillers or basting solutions. Just 100% pure turkey. And we're proud to remain an independent family farm. Looking for an extra special addition to this year's Thanksgiving feast? Our fresh, never-frozen turkeys remove the hassle of thawing and can be picked up just days before your celebration. Available at natural food stores across the region. Reserve your fresh, free-range Thanksgiving turkey for pickup at our store right on our farm in scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our retail partners. For more information on finding our Ferndale Market Thanksgiving turkey near you, visit us at ferndalemarket.com. That's ferndalemarket.com. Thank you for your support of local foods and farmers. We'll hope to see you at Ferndale Market soon. FerndaleMarket.com. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France, with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. Hi, this is Evelyn. Please, Dad, not again. How about no dates ever? Okay. My father is a beacon of hope for us all. Matt McNeil. Holla! Wow. I now have my driver's permit. My dad says my behind-the-wheel training for the next year will be in our Toyota Siennas. They're safe, reliable, and fun to drive, even when you're just learning. I trust my vehicles with my kids. Toyotas are peace of mind. We're a two-Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hello Blues, you're back again I haven't seen you since I don't know when I 
One of my favorite guitar players in town, Joe Demko. Joe, play a little bit before we start yakking again. Oh, sure. Why not? I've been listening to you for 40 years, of course. I uh, got hip to you via uh, back when you were playing bass and guitar for Willie and the Bees. Right. And uh, you were, I might, you know, I, I don't think anybody in the Bees who were surviving would uh, uh, disagree when you were the best looking guy in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the youngsters for sure. I got in the second version of the Bees, so that was cool. Let's uh, talk just a little bit more, uh, expand on that. Uh, you played at Mickey Rooney's Resort. Uh, you played at the Carter Mondale inauguration and, uh, and, and uh, in New York City right, we at the Empire State Building. We Billy. used to play the Commodore in St. Paul. Right. And so from that band, I developed a liking for the 20s and 30s thing, but I never really got to study 30s, 40s, 50s jazz. Because, you know, I had to have a gig. Right. So after I got out of the Wolverines, I was on the road with a big band for a little while. I was on the road with a country band. I call them the world's worst country band. <laughs> we played up in Canada doing doing the the outlier bars, you know, up there in the, where the Inuit and the pipeliners would, right. would gather in, in drinking holes in the cabaret, as they would call them, <laughs> and drink and fight. And, uh, you know, we played what everybody played. We played Waylon and we right. played Willie and, and, you know, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. And that was a terrible band. So I got enough money together. I could hang in Minneapolis right. for a while. So I was hanging, and Willie Murphy had a radio show on, KFI, and I won a Charlie Parker poster, and boom, I got an audition to the band. So what that's year, how what year was that? Uh, 1978. Okay. So I was in the Bs from 78 through, well, 84 is when okay. you put that to bed. But uh, all the while, I had sort of been thinking and looking and digging the scene and trying to figure out where does Joe fit in all of this. Right. You know, you know how it is. When you're a side man, you you do you do what the boss says. Yeah. You do it. You do what happens, and you you make your dough and you do the best you can, and that's your thing. But I was always kind of interested in that style that uh, Charles Mingus was putting together mm -hmm. uh, in the seventies. Did you catch uh, Mingus's show out of Doc Holliday's and Shaka the Bronco a Bronco Bar? <laughs> God bless Sue McLean. She she booked yeah, that. She did book. She booked some great stuff, and I, I was out at that uh, out at that show, and I really dug the record, so it was great. Um, a bunch of us just piled in a car and went out there and got tickets and jumped in. So I was always sort of interested in the more modern jazz sounds. But like I said, I didn't have time to study it. Sure. So now in my later years, when I have when I have the time and the, the wherewithal, I can um, I can work 
on some of these on some of these kind of styles. And mm-hmm. So I put together this band. It's called Radio Joe and the Jazz Bulls. It is a it is a uh, four piece band, vibraphone, mm-hmm. the essential heart of the of the of the show with Bruce Wintervold on oh, vibraphone. Um, on bass we have Mr. Keith Boyles. Who's he's played with everybody and their brother in every jazz band. Yeah, he's a great guy. And then Tony Gusetti, who I played with in a couple of different bands uh, for money. Yeah. Right? So I always wanted to put Tony on something, and I was I was working on uh, some songwriting stuff. And, and what does Tony play? Tony's the drummer. Okay. So I'm playing and singing, uh, singing and playing guitar. And I was working on some tunes, and I thought, you know, I really, I really should try, you know, I should try some of this kind of jazz stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put together a few tunes, you know. Um, uh, Must have been moon glow, way up in the blue. And I started doing them as a single. Right. In coffee houses, and I realized pretty quickly, oh man, that's the wrong drug. You know, <laughs> that they're not into. They're looking at their laptops right, and stuff. Right, right, so right. I, I worked on some tunes in, in the coffee house and realized it was really hard to do old standards and learn that stuff as a solo act. Mm-hmm. It was it was mind bendingly hard because then you try to fingerstyle solo, right? And it was killing. So I added a bass player, and that was cool, and it was great. And then I added a keyboard player, and it was all right. And one day I was in the studio and I was messing around with a, a, a song. Um, I may not be the kind of guy who's every girl's cup of tea. And think, what what could go behind that? And I started playing a vibraphone patch. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, that's it. Benny Goodman's quintet minus Benny minus the keyboard player. Right. And what that gets you is if I'm playing... I can play the big jazz chords, and the vibraphone player is only going to play two notes. Right. So he's not going to cross-voice me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to play partials. I can play big chords the whole time. Right. So I put together the band, and we started playing for the swing dancers over at the Eagles Club. We right. play every last Wednesday of the month at the Eagles Club for the swing dance crowd. And they started to show up. And because we had done that, now this is our year, I think this is year seven um, I started to write some tunes inside the vernacular of 1928 to 1962. It's a very specific time in jazz because the Beatles weren't really, really weren't an influence yet. Right. So we'll play some of that. Yeah. It'll be it'll be cool. I'll play I'll play a tune that I wrote from that idea. Before we uh, get done with the second time of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, we are going to go out with uh, your song, the one that got away, but. Quickly, what's the address of the Eagles Club every last Wednesday? Oh, that's 2507 East 25th Street in Minneapolis. And it's a groovy club. Yeah. All right, we got Joe Demko. Here's Radio Joe and the Jazz Bulls from their new record, Walking on a Wire. The song is the one that got away. There goes my broken heart. Don't let the feeling start when she walks into the room That's when my heart goes boom and I fall apart There goes my used to be I wish it was her and me doing like we used to do But now she's loving you, yeah she's set me free Marijuana legalization might not mean a lot to you professionally, but it may to your clients and employees, bankers and investors, property owners and landlords. Minnesota Lawyer has got your back with the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at the Depot, Minneapolis. Denver-based researcher the Marijuana Policy Group will present data on the economic impact legislation has had in Colorado and how that might translate to Minnesota. You'll hear from professionals in other states that legalized marijuana about what's at stake for you. Human resources professionals 
and learn about the effects on employees and how the hiring process could change. Attorneys will learn how to protect their clients. Commercial real estate brokers and agents will hear about investment opportunities from an expert panel. Speakers include Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, Speaker of the House Ryan Winkler, and Senators Melissa Franzen, Jeff Hayden, and Scott Jensen, as well as several Minnesota business leaders. Learn strategies that work at the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at the Depot, Minneapolis. Register now at CanConMN.com. Back in January 2018, the tax laws changed. You probably won't get a tax deduction for donating your vehicle to Auto Technical or any nonprofit, and it's going to put us out of business. Over the past 30 years, our charitable mission has been reconditioning vehicles for thousands of families. Many vehicles are reconditioned and sold to the public. We are self-supporting, but donations have dropped by more than 80%. We can hold on until November, December, but without your help, we'll be forced to close the doors. The Tubman Shelter Workforce Training Center will no longer be able to refer clients to us for free cars. Please, please help us. Call me if you have a vehicle to donate. Richard at autotech.org, 612-919-5526. 612-919-5526. Autotechnical.org. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight, the clouds continue with a low around 28. Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 45 and a low around 32. Monday, a chance of snow showers before 11 a.m. with a high of 40 and a low around 21. Eat Local Minnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is Victor's 1959 Cafe, a unique local restaurant offering one-of-a-kind food and atmosphere, focusing on traditional Cuban recipes in a relaxed, casual, and festive Cuban environment. Check them out at 3756 Grand Avenue in South Minneapolis. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is uh, your host, Paul Metz. My guest for the whole show tonight, my old buddy, Mr. Joe Demko. I had Joe on my uh, Wall of Power TV show a few months back when we were celebrating uh, the life of the uh, great Willie Murphy. So, yeah. so it's fun to have you on the show. Uh, Joe's going to play a tune live in this set. So tell us now, has this, uh, does the band, the J- uh, Radio Joe and the Jazz Bowls, do you play anywhere else besides uh, the Eagles? You know, we're doing the Eagles, we're, we're doing Lees, we're doing, you know, wherever we can pick up the Mudroom over in Mendota. Uh, we play parties and, you know, whatever, whatever we can scramble up. You know how it is. Yeah. Take what you can get. And, and I think, here's the thing. Ha- you, you've been in the business long enough, and so have I. We've met our heroes. Yeah, right. Right. So we know what their lives are like. Right. And for us, what it is, is we're the musicians that are in the trenches doing this stuff, writing songs and and talking to people face to face right and one of the things that i wanted to do with this record is there's so much there's a lot of noise out there right now there's a lot of noise in politics there's a lot of noise in 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 music that you could say it's good or bad right i'm not i'm not gonna judge but the one thing i didn't want to do was put out something that would just added to the noise. Right. So how do you do that as a musician? And the only way to do it, I feel, is you try to write something that touches people. Right. Right. The experience 
in media, as we know, is is distanced. We're coming over the airwaves, but we're not right in front of a human being. Right. And when you do a performance in front of a human being, or you reach out. Right, and you touch somebody. And you touch somebody. This is a different experience. Yeah. So I wanted to do stuff that was performing and being in person and trying to uh, write some songs and perform some songs that felt like when I would play My Girl and people would dance. Right. There's that thing where you know that they're into it, you're feeling the love, they're feeling the love, and you're doing that together as a community. Right. That, to me, is really the essence of why I wanted to write songs and why I wanted to bring that to the public. Well, and I think, Joe, uh, and, and you know this better than anybody, you know, when I look at my, um, I have a great friend, uh, James Reggae, he's a great abstract expressionist, and uh, mm. he's really taught me more. We used to have a Wednesday night hang for years sure. in the mid-80s, yeah. where he'd just come over after his gig and after my gig, he, was, he bartended downtown, and we would just listen to music until three or four in the morning and mm -hmm. talk art and uh, life and love, and I learned so much from him, but right. in his case... He, you know, he's painting in his warehouse space, his studio, sure. and he doesn't get that immediate applause that right. we get, or right. that smile that you see, or that people nodding their head or dancing. Right. And it, it's kind of the be one of the beauties of, I think, being a live musician is you get to feel it immediately. You, you get to figure out if it works. For yeah. One. So uh, part of it is... <laughs> we both have those gigs oh, when it has Where it doesn't work. Yeah. So you, you write a song, and then you put it to the band, and then you bring it out to the gig, and you see if it works. Right. And some of them work, and some of them don't. And right. you've got to write the nine bad ones till you get the right. one good one. So this song that I'm going to play for you, this was probably the best song I've ever written. Cool. According to what my wife says, according to what my other musical friends say, they say, man, that's a nice, that's an actual nice song. And I bet your wife is also, she loves your stuff, she's probably also one of your toughest critics. It, it, in, a, in a lot of ways she is. She stays pretty detached from it. Yeah. She's not a musician. Um, she had played piano when she was younger, so she's familiar. Right. But if if I play her something that's off, in fact, there was one tune I was going to put on the record. She said, you can't put that on the record. And I said, well, tell me why. And she said, I understand why you wrote it, but if you listen to that as a listener, it doesn't work. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Right, because right, the right. experience is really about sharing with the listener. Sure. So if there's something that's not really working... The only way to find out is to get that feedback. So right. I, I do collaborate with a couple of different singers. Andy Lacoste is a guy around town that uh, we listen to each other's stuff and bounce notes off each other. And go, Maybe you could change that bridge a little bit. It's a little right. clunky. So that's really helpful. But mainly it's the audience reaction. Now on this song, this is a jazz waltz. And what happens when I play this at the dance at the dance shows is they all do grand waltz like a Strauss waltz, oh, like nice. a skater's waltz. And it's so beautiful to be playing the song and watching them one, two, three, one, two, yeah. three, spin. And there's no other feeling quite like it. And I, I'm sure you've had this connection with an audience where you get that one moment where you go, wow, right. this is really... I don't do this for money. I do it for this, right. that feeling right, of connectedness right, right. and bringing something to the public and getting something back where you know you're doing that in community. Because, you know, music and musicians, what? It's a public service, right? Yeah, right. We're not... Are we getting rich? No. But there is a place where we get to help people find what their feelings mean and help them digest that in a way that's meaningful to them i saw a it must i saw it on uh, the internet it must have been from a recent uh, bruce springsteen interview but he said basically musicians a bands it were a repair shop <laughs> you know, if you want to come in he goes number one is first to repair ourselves and once we've done that then you can listen to this music and hopefully when you need it it will repair you as well so repair me Joe Demko what's the name of this tune? the name of this song is Dreaming great take it away Dreaming I'm dreaming 
Voice too, man. Yeah, you I mean, know, I've always known you're a great guitar player, but it's really, especially you know, hearing it this, uh, we're just yeah, right yeah, across the table is, tonight. Yeah, this is intimate. Yeah. yeah, this is intimate, and that's the thing when you're a backup guy in the bands, you're just singing the backup parts, and right. sometimes they'll give you a couple of leads. You know, you right. sing, you know, my name up in lights, or I'll sing sure. some some other blues thing. And when you've got great singers like Willie Murphy and Maurice J. Right. Cox and Howard Merriweather, right. you know, they're, they're all going to get star time. So one of the reasons I put together the band was I didn't want anybody else to sing. Right. It was right. like, finally, right. I want my own gig. Yeah, well, that's totally understandable. Right, right. You know, so it's fun. And I'm learning, I'm just learning a ton of stuff, a ton of good stuff about how to play and sing. And you know how it is with musicians. It's you learn on the job. Oh yeah. You know, I'm listening to the other guys play their parts and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I could play that there instead of that." Right. I could feel wait, I could breathe. You know, so you, you learn little tips. So one little tip I got was from Frank Sinatra. And what Frank did would is he would elongate vowels. Mhm. Right? So he would play a Fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars. Let right. me know what spring is like. And suddenly you're singing across the bar, right. so you're not you're not locked to that four beat anymore. Right. And these are things that you cannot learn right. any other way. You right. have to do the thing. And you know, musicians, you learn from the other players. You watch what they do. Right. You listen to what they do. And what? We steal from the best and we leave the rest. Yeah, right. right. So that's what I'm trying to do and revive some of this music that, you know, it's not particularly popular music now, but there's a place for it and there's certainly a place for it in the American songbook. So I'm just trying to write a songbook hit and, you know, dreaming like I always do that maybe it'll break out. And thank you for having me, you know, talk to you about, right. about songwriting because it's rare now, you as a songwriter, you probably know this. You write a song and you play it for some people and you go, what do you think? And they go, yeah, I like it. And you never really get, wh what do you like about it? Right. Why does it does it touch you in cer some certain way? So that's what I'm trying to do, trying to reach across, find a song that connects with people, whether it's an up-tempo or a down-tempo or a sad song or a blues song. Find something that connects and then 
helps mine that groove. You uh, know, it's funny, uh, Joe, several things came up when you were talking about that. Number one, about uh, being on the stage and being in a band with great singers. I've been doing a weekly gig with uh, the great Wee oh, Willie Walker yeah. for eight years. And so people come to see us play and they go, Paul, are you going to play any of your own songs? And I go, no, we'll just let Willie sing. No, and then then I saw I saw Dylan last Thursday in Mankato. Uh, it was an incredible show. Well, and all of that, it was so theatrical. I mean, it, it was a cross between uh, Lawrence Olivier, uh, Liberace by way of Jerry Lee Lewis and Billy the Kid. Sure. But his phrasing, now he's always had superb phrasing, but after doing that uh, triplicate, that, uh, uh, you know, stunning all that Sinatra stuff yeah, that he did, yeah. his phrasing is so amazing right now. It's magical. But one quick, and you get this because, you know, the other side of asking somebody at one of your gigs what they think, I was playing at the Five Corners where I played for five years every Tuesday, 237 sure, yeah. consecutive Tuesdays. Oh, but boy. It, but it didn't affect me, but <laughs> and this guy came and said, "Yeah, man, I haven't seen you in six years. I drove two hours from Wisconsin." I said, uh, "This is after the first set." I said, "Well, I hope I sound better." He goes, "Not really." <laughs> we've got Joe Demko on uh, the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Uh, we've got one more set left. Joe, real quick, what's your website? Radio Joe and the Jazzbos We'll be back in a bit. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. It's been great working with so many of the passionate AM950 listeners over the years. We have realized how important AM950 is to the community. I want to see AM950 continue to grow and continue to thrive into the future. To help continue to grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to do your part by liking and sharing the content on AM950 social media platforms. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Ryan has always told me the best time to get work done is during the cold months of the year because demand is much lower. He is backing that up again by offering 30% off labor on windows and siding from now until the end of December. Call Snap Construction now to get 30% off labor on windows and siding. As always, Snap Construction stands by their work with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Trust the company AM950 Trust. Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window contractor in the metro area. Get a free estimate by calling 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. Financing options available. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hello? Is anybody here? You there. I'm George Washington, here for the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Where is everyone? It was moved, sir. Ben Franklin blasted out an event on Facebook and invited everyone to Independence Hall. Didn't you get it? I'm Chad Hobot with Social Media MN. If your marketing is behind the times, contact us online at socialmediamn.com or at 763-244-4058. We can help your business message get blasted out on social media and Google search. We offer uncomplicated, results-driven, and affordable internet marketing solutions for businesses of all sizes. Socialmediamn.com or 763-244-4058. It's gotta be right, be right tonight. 
Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Last set, this is your host, Paul Metz. We just heard my guest, Radio Joe and the Jazz Bulls, uh, track off his new record called Walking on a Wire, Cheap Tuxedo and a Diamond Ring. As a songwriter, I love that title. How did yeah, that come yeah. to you? Well, I was, I was trying to write a tune that was sort of a little more... Um, uh, I, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. I went to a dance class. Sure. And I found that as a musician, I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> right? But the guy was going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I was like, okay, there's the tempo. Right. Now what am I going to do? So I thought, well, I kind of want something that's like a Ricky Lee Jones thing. Right. So cheap tuxedo and a diamond ring. Yeah, I'm not looking for just anything. It's got to be right, be right tonight. And so I just started rolling with that. Right. And then wrote you know, a nice harmony stack. Mm-hmm. So this was this is a, kind of the pop tune on the record, really. Cool. You know, ho- hopefully radio play, bring it on. <laughs> but, um, you know... The main thing for me is really about the performance now. It's really about, you know, we're not given a permanent gig. Right, right. <laughs> right. And I love what Maurice is doing out in the world. He's, Boy, he's that doing record's his thing. good. Maurice Jacobs. It's a lovely strip. record. Yeah. It's a lovely record. And he's doing good work in the community. And, you know, that's the thing. While I can still do it, yeah. while I can still play and sing reasonably on pitch, yeah. You know, I've, I made a deal with my wife. If I'm no longer singing on pitch, she has to tell me, and I will quit. <laughs> right. And then I'll just be a guitar player for yeah, somebody else. Yeah. But uh, while I can still do it, I want to try to bring some of the stuff that I've learned through these different bands and some of these great band leaders that I've worked with. Um, you, you don't get better mentors than guys like Willie Murphy. Right. You know. Or Ted Unseth. Ted, Ted was great. You know, I've worked in a... In a and a, uh, a wedding band with Bruce Henry. Bruce Henry's an amazing oh, my singer. Oh, goodness, yeah. So, uh, that's when you a, see Bruce, tell him I want to get him on the show. I love, I've been I'll, digging I'll, him for I'll years. Be, I'll be happy to do so. I'll see him pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and, he, you know, he he does his thing, and he, he plays in clubs, but he's also a music educator. He's got a thing mm-hmm. called the Evolution of Africa, African-American Music. Cool. And he does that, and he does lectures in schools. Nice. And it's an amazing show. Well, that's a great... I wanted to bring up a little bit, Joe, because, uh, you know, that's a great... Every musician should have kind of a day gig that they dig just to kind of fill in spaces. I'm uh, fortunate enough to have the Wall Power Radio Hour for five and a half years in my TV show, um, which I still got to hustle and sell the ads for. But you've had a great gig that really aligns with your uh, expertise over at TPT for years. Tell the folks about that. So I've been an audio engineer over at uh, Twin Cities Public Television for 30 years. And I got that gig because I played a Libra and Stoller review <laughs> with Doug Maynard and Willie Murphy and Melanie Rosales. And Libra and Stoller came to town and we're going to see the show. And we were rehearsing at the old KTCA. Right. And one of the engineers there, Bernie Baudry, who I'd met at Sound 80 in a previous recording situation, he said, hey, man, you want a day gig? And I was like, what do I got to do? And he said, well, you put mics on people and you, you know, you mix. And I was right. like, that's easy compared to what I've been doing. I've been driving the truck, yeah, playing right. bass, right. playing guitar, setting up the lights, tearing it down. I've been doing 14-hour days. So I've been there for 30 years and I've gotten to meet some great people, some yeah. inspirational people like Jane Goodall. Right. You know, to be in the same room with Jane Goodall, a, a world changer, right. makes you look at your purpose and you go, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? Exactly. Am I trying to make a difference in the world or am I just making noise? Mm-hmm. So that made me say, okay, I'm going to do love songs. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on love songs because everybody else is, you know, I know people can write a, write a great political song. Larry Long can do it. I'm going to leave that to Larry. Right. I'm going to try to focus on this. I, I've written a few, Joe, but that's okay. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and, been, and they've been great songs. And I'm, glad, yeah. and I'm glad you're doing that work. Yeah. But that, where I came from and what I learned, did, didn't lean me towards Rory Guthrie. It leaned right. me. It leaned me, you know, I learned some lead belly. Right. Right. But I never found, I never found the Woody thing to be true to my voice. Sure. But what I did find to be true to my voice was stuff 
um, that like my uncle, my my uncle Bill would sit around in the family gatherings and he would play these 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 jazz tunes like um, "Ain't Got a Pair of Money," oh, yeah. maybe ragged and funny, funny but travel, travel along singing a song side by side. Yeah, right. And he'd do that, and I'm like, well. Yeah, that's something I haven't mm-hmm. heard from the Beatles. You yeah, know? but it had it had a, a trueness to it the way he did it, and I, I thought I'm going to try to mine that and find out what's inside that, and I'm going to I'm going to play some of those tunes live and see what they do to people, you know, because uh, the people that know who Beyonce is don't know that stuff now. Right, right. right? My friend Bruce Henry was teaching a class, and he he, he asked the class. Who knows what, who Stevie Wonder is? And one hand went up. Right. And I said, ooh, that's not good. We got we to gotta educate. Well, I remember years ago, uh, I mentioned Paul McCartney and the person I was with said, yeah, that guy in Wings. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we got 50 seconds left. Joe Demko, man, this has been so cool. I'm glad you brought your, uh, your guitar. Tell us one more time the website. Radio Joe and the Jazzbows.com and the CD release party will be at Mancini's 531 West 7th in St. Paul on November 18th from 7 to 10. Free admission. I'm throwing myself a party. Come on down. Joe Demko, uh, I have to thank you for all the great years of music that, uh, that I've been a pleasure sitting in a room listening to you play. And uh, I haven't made it out to the Eagles. I love the Eagles. And I dig Mancini's. Pat Mancini and John Mancini are the best. What a great guy. What a great And guy. a great club. And it's like walking back in a 1973. It's you like know? a mini Carlton celebrity room. In there. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's perfect. Joe. Good luck with the record, and uh, I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna come out and check out both gigs. Thanks, brother. Thanks, bro. All right. Touch, touch them. Touch Paul, them all. Touch them all, Paul. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jojo. You bet, baby. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson in the basement of AM 950 Studio in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor Prairie. We would like to thank our guest, Joe Demko. He's got his release show coming up on November 18th at Mancini's. I'm celebrating my 40th anniversary in town. I've got several big shows coming up, including... December 23rd, Holiday on Ice Cubes with Willie Walker, Cats Under the Stars, Sonny Earl, Jimmy Anton, Donnie LaMarca, Mary Harris, Randy Star Hudson, Stan Kipper, and many more. Stay tuned to paulmetza.com to follow it all go down. I am also starting an Indiegogo campaign. I've got a book of poetry I want to self-publish as well as a new record I want to put out. If you'd like to help me out, it will go online here right around the 1st of November at paulmetzel.com. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.